get, let me just move a few things real quick. Um, hey, welcome to leadership. Uh, especially warm welcome to all the new leaders that were placed last week. Well, listen, hey, tonight I'm going to open with a word of prayer, and um, we're going to be talking about vision tonight, and we're going to be talking about what does it look like for you as a spiritual leader at your school, your life, uh, what does it look like to follow Christ, and what is the vision that, that God is calling you, um, your team, your, uh, your, your family, your friends, um, and those that you lead into. So let me pray for us. God, thank you for this time together. Um, thank you for friends that are in this room. Uh, we welcome and thank you um, for bringing those that are new uh, for, to be a part of leadership tonight. Um, God, we thank you for all the new leaders that we have in the room. Uh, we thank you for their first week of going to the high school and the middle schools and um, even uh, two of them talking about Capernaum. Lord, we, we thank you for what you're doing here throughout the Midlands. And we praise you, God, and we ask that you would be glorified tonight, Lord, that you would stir our hearts, um, Lord, that you'd give us ears to, to hear you, um, eyes of our hearts to see you tonight. And I pray, Lord, that, um, that you would use um, whatever it is that you desire to, to lead um, our Young Life leaders in tonight. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so tonight, like I said, we're going to talk about vision. And I want to put forward, there's three different audiences that are in this room with us tonight, okay? Um, the first one is uh, team leaders, okay? If you're a team leader, just throw your hand up real quick. If you're a team leader, okay? Um, hey, the first audience is team leaders, and here's why this is important. Um, each audience is going to hear what I'm saying in a little different way, okay? So each audience is going to hear this, the same thing, and it's going to apply in maybe a little different way for you. So we have the first audience, which is team leaders, and those that will be future team leaders in this room. Um, the second audience that we have are those that have been leading Young Life for more than a week, okay? So the second audience is, is for you that have been a Young Life leader for longer than uh, a week or five days. Um, and the third audience that we have in here is if you are brand new and were placed uh, either last Sunday or if you were, in downtown's case, uh, placed a few months ago. So you're a new leader. Okay, so here, those are the three audiences that we're kind of stepping into as we talk about vision. And here is a simple definition with vision that, I, that we're going to use tonight. Okay? Simple definition of vision is this. Vision is a mental picture of what could be fueled by a passion the way it should be. Okay, so let me, let me say that again. And, and this is a great time if you have your Bible. And for new leaders, um, no judgment here. But anytime you come to leadership, please bring your Bible. Please bring a journal, something to write in. Um, hopefully that will be a culture piece and a staple of Young Life's uh, leaders throughout the Midlands is we'd have a Bible and a journal. All right, so here's the definition of, of vision. is a mental picture of what could be fueled by a passion of what it should be. And as we talk to the three different audiences tonight, I want to remind you guys that each of you um, are spiritual leaders. You've been called by God to be spiritual leaders in the Midlands. That might be, I'm, I'm a spiritual leader at my school, but I also am leading a team of volunteer leaders at my school. 
Um, that might be, I am a, a spiritual leader at my school, um, and I have direct impact on uh, my high school, my middle school friends at that school. Okay? And so as we move into that, this is how I want you to process it out a little bit. Here's a few things about vision as we talk about this, is that we all give vision as spiritual leaders. We all hear vision. We all give vision. And here's the deal. Is the vision that you have for your ministry, whether you're a team leader, a leader at the school, is the vision for your ministry, is it portable? And what I mean by that is, is it transferable? Is it, is it something so concise and understandable that you can simplify it and say it to somebody and they understand where we're going. Maybe a good example of that is, think about presidential elections. When you think of Obama and you see the sign, uh, or, or the one that was put out in the yards or whatever with Obama, you see the big O, you see an American flag in it, and what's the word? Change. Change. All right? That was the vision for his campaign was change. It was portable enough where folks could see that and put it in their pocket and, and most of you guys said change. You know, so we think about presidential uh, elections, we think about uh, even marketing. Some of you are business majors, marketing majors, and you're, you're taught to take what is true, what you're selling in a sense, what you're giving, and to make it not complicated, it's not the fine print, it's something that's portable and transferable and memorable. And so is the vision, and these are a couple questions I'm just asking before we jump in, is the vision for your school, if you're a team leader, is the vision for your leadership, if you're a staff member, is the, is the vision for, for your kids, your high school and middle school friends at your school, is it memorable? Do you know where you're taking them? Um, as we talk about vision, um, the larger the audience, the, uh, the, the more simple it has to be. And it starts with you and your time with the Lord. Do you have a vision for where you're taking your high school and middle school friends? Where you're taking your team? Or is it just kind of floating up there and, and you're literally just managing? You're, you're just trying to put one foot in front of the other and kind of move. But you don't really have a direction as to which to move. And y'all, this is so important, and I want you to know this only comes from your time spent with the Lord as to hear where do I need to go as a spiritual leader. Without vision, the people perish. Uh, and as we look at this quote here, uh, Howard Hendricks, he was a pastor, he's passed away. Um, but this was a quote from him talking about needing the vision needing to be clear with you before it can actually be transferred to someone else. He said this, uh, if it's a mist in the pulpit, it's a fog in the pew. If the vision to where you're leading your people is a mist in the pulpit, as you share it, it's just kind of, there's not a ton of substance, it's not super clear, it's just kind of misty. Those that receive it are receiving it in a, in a way of fog. It's unclear. It's hard to see. Think of driving a car in fog. Your low beams, your high beams don't really work. You can't really see where you're trying to get to. You can only see just in front of you. And so as spiritual leaders, as we talk about vision for the three different audiences in here, we have to understand that if we're not clear as to what we're doing, 
the people that we're transferring this to are not just unclear, they have no clue more than a step in front of them what they ought to be doing. And so do you see how important this is? Because if not, we're just showing up without a plan. And and Kyle, when we were praying with River Bluff and Flora, he had said, um, the longer I do ministry, the more I realize, the more I realize that that God really is the one that takes care of where this is going to go. Right? And then he said, but I know, like, as as being... um, taking seriously what I'm doing is I know God calls us to have a plan and a purpose. And so as I go through my plan and purpose and the vision that I feel like God's calling me to do, I hold it loosely to him knowing that he could turn and take me somewhere else. But I do approach it with a plan and a purpose because why? Because it's the most important thing we will ever do. Uh, There's not, and, and I want you guys to let this sink in, there is not a higher calling than where you stand right now. The call from God to first come to him and trust in Jesus, and then the call to go and take this out to others. That is the call of life. Like, you're going to get a job, you're going to, you know, maybe get promoted, and there's going to be different things you're going to experience in this, in this world, family, uh, professional, whatever. But the true call that satisfies is what you have stepped into right now. It's, I have believed upon Jesus for everything um, that I need. All my righteousness is found in Christ. And I've been called to go give my life away. To go down the social ladder, to go to the broken, to the, uh, the people that, that need to hear truth. Um, we're not asking you to go hang out with professional athletes. We're not asking you to go uh, minister to athletes uh, or the smartest folks at USC. Um, there's no prestige that you get from saying, I go hang out with middle schoolers and high schoolers as a college student or a postgrad. The world does not value that. I hope you guys understand that. Um, the world does not value that. Going down the social ladder, that's not a thing in the world. You always, the world teaches as you go up. And so you have been called to go down the social ladder, to go against what the world calls, and to go into the, the world of high school and middle school kids um, to share the greatest truth that they will ever hear in their lives. I hope you just take a minute and just realize how amazing that is. That God would call you to go do that. What a gift. And that you have arrived where God wants you. And now he has a plan to continue to move you. If you have your Bible, open up to Joshua 1. We're going to look at just the first nine verses. And as we talk about vision, this is going to be a little bit of uh, question answer. I want you guys to hear this. Um, Joshua 1, 1 through 9. I'll read it nice and loud for us. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I am about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you 
every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all of the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I have, not, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's take a moment, and I'd love for you guys just to kind of raise your hand and call it out. What are the bold promises or statements that God gives to Joshua as we start this book? What are the bold statements or promises that God gives to Joshua as we start this book? Yeah, Anthony. Uh, and, uh, verse 5, he said, yes, yeah, 100%. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Um, where do we hear Jesus say that? The Great Commission, right? Matthew 28. I'll be with you to the end of the earth. I will not fail you. I'll not leave you. I will not forsake you, right? Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, hope. <laughs> I will give you every place where you set your foot. Some big promises, big statements here. What else? It continues to say, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. As we read this, Joshua is stepping into the shoes that Moses has filled. Um, Moses did not get to see the promised land. Joshua's first task as a leader of Israel is to take the Israelites across the river and to go see the promised land that they have been looking for and forward and forward and forward for 40 some years. What else? If, we, if we're strong and courageous, we will uh, be prosperous and successful. If we're strong and courageous, we'll be prosperous and successful. Great, we're going to come back to that. Campbell. And the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Um, anyone else have any promise or statement? Sean? Uh, you see, the word of the Lord should depart from your mouth. You should meditate on the end Yeah. Joshua 1.8. Um, this book of the law, the, the first five books, right? The Pentateuch. This, these first five books is what Joshua had in hand. It's what the Israelites had. Do not let this book depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Right? Okay. All these promises, all these statements, the Lord gives Joshua as he begins to lead the Israelites. His first, his first um, conversation, in a sense, with God getting ready to send him out to be, take the place of Moses. My question for you in this is, what will he need to do it? Okay? So here are the promises and the statements that God gives Joshua. 
what will Joshua need? What are some of the things he will need to know, to understand, to actually do and receive these promises from God? What are the things that he needs? Okay, first and foremost, Sean hit nail, uh, nail on the head. Joshua needs to be with God if he's going to lead God's people. Um, God has called you to do a significant thing in this world. He has called you to move into the lives of others and lead them to know him more. You are called to be a part of this salvation process here on earth. And for you to understand where to go and what to do, you have to know and understand the same way Joshua was taking in is God is setting it up to go for you to know what to do, to understand these, these statements, these promises. You have to know me and you have to be with me. There is no other way of leadership. There is no other way to find vision but what the eternal God is calling you to do. You might glean some good efforts from, a, from a, a book here or there, but you will not know where God is calling you and your team in your high school and middle school friends. You will not know where to go with them unless you're listening. Do you think that you um, are valuable enough in the scheme of, of all that's going on spiritually? Do you see yourself as someone that can hear God and then go do it? Or do you see yourself as like, oh, that's a junior or senior on my team. They do that. Oh, that's my team leader's job. Or do you realize that you're being called as Joshua to go into this world, this spiritual world, and lead people? You're a freshman? That's fine. You're a senior? That's fine. God is calling you to do a work here and you must rely wholeheartedly on him to actually carry this vision out. And so I want to ask you um, these questions. And this is, this is more kind of practical thoughts for you guys. Here's a great way you could actually have some conversation around these. At your next team meeting, what if you opened up these conversations of these questions? The worst thing we can do is lead people in circles because we have no clue what we're supposed to do. Moses had a vision. He just was told, you're not allowed to go there yet. And so they kind of walked in circles. But Moses was listening to God. Joshua got the call to take him over. And so if we're not listening to the Lord, if we're not drawing close to him, um, we have nothing to offer people. And the same thing is true is if we don't have a right view of ourselves as gospel carriers, then we're going to miss what God is doing in our lives. That you really do make a difference no matter what age you are or gender you are or uh, skin color you are. God is using you to do something great and press the gospel further into this world. So here's a question. We realize first that vision comes from the Lord. Um, Psalm 127.1, anybody know that? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. As we talk about vision, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers, all of us, we build in vain. So the picture is, if God's calling us and giving us vision to go do something, if we go and do our own thing and kind of apply our own vision to what we think should happen, we're over here just laboring in vain. 
The goal is that we want to know God and listen. And here's the thing. God doesn't play cat and mouse with us. He's not trying to hide his will from you. Um, He is openly giving it to all that desire to receive. And so we truly get to go before him and hear what he has to say as we take our next step. So vision, first and foremost, uh, first and foremost, vision comes from the Lord. By his grace, we get to be a part of it. And our dependence is, is upon God in our work. By God's grace, we get to be a part of it. And, and our dependence has to be on God as we do his work. And so here are the questions I wanted to ask you. Team leaders, the three audiences. Team leaders, what is the vision for your school? Have you made the vision for your school and your team that are, that are following your leadership? Have you made it portable and memorable to them? Do they know what they're trying to do at the school? We know that we are going to the school to form relationships and to move into their lives, to get to spend, uh, share the gospel with them, with our, with our words and with our lives as well. But Irma probably has some different feel to it than R&E. And Flora probably has a different feel to it than Eau Claire. And Keenan probably has a different feel than Spring Hill. So as a team leader, does your team know the vision as to what you guys are doing at the school? Or, team leaders, are you just managing? So good question for team leaders is, what's your vision for the school? Have you communicated it? Is it, is it portable? Is it, is it memorable? And are people, could you ask anyone on your team, and even maybe your campaigner kids, what you're doing at the school? Okay, second group, Young Life Leaders that, ha- that have been leading more than a week. The vision as we talk about for you, what is your vision for the kids that you're ministering to? What is your vision for the kid that you meet in the parking lot or at the caf- in the cafeteria? And where do you want to see that go two years down the road? Like, are we meeting kids with the idea that we're doing this for the long term with them? Does that make sense? Are we meeting kids or are we meeting kids and going, okay, two years later, this is where I'd love to be with this kid. And here's how I want to go about it. Do we have a vision that we're giving our high school friends that are starting to follow Jesus? Our middle school friends that are starting to follow Jesus. Do we know what we want them to do next? And I'll be honest, full confession right here. This is a question that the staff has been talking about as we talk about leader development. We do an awesome job with freshmen, right? We have Bible studies. We do assignments. There's homework. You know, like we have all these podcasts you listen to. There's a meeting just set aside for freshmen. And then we place them. And part of the reason, I think, for some of you older leaders, that you saw leaders quitting when you were younger, is I don't know if we've really got a great plan and vision in place to help leaders grow each year. So that my freshman year, I'm further down the road my senior year. Does that make sense? And so I think if there's no vision given to you of your next steps, this is what we want for you as a sophomore or as a junior, as a senior. If we don't help you move in that direction, you, you might get bored and quit because you're not being challenged. And so just full confession, we as a staff are focusing on that right now. What do we want sophomores to do, to see, to understand? Juniors, seniors, etc. And the last group is those that have just been placed. What do you want ministry to look like when you're a senior? 
What do you want relationships to be like with kids when you're a senior? What do you want the end result? What's the bullseye? What's the win for your school, for your personal ministry? Because if you don't know where you're going, you're going to just meet kids and you're, you're going to probably miss some great opportunities because you, you're not in tune with where I want to take that kid. Here is where I'll leave you guys. Team leaders, if you'll write this down, in your next team meeting, in your next team meeting, here is what I think would be really important for you guys to talk about. First, here's three questions. Um, we're being placed with a, new te- with a new teammate, right? What do I want? What are the three gifts that I would want that new team member to understand, to get to know about ministry at my school? What, what would I want them to understand, to know? If I could be in their shoes, this is what I wish I, I could give them. Okay? And I, I, it's kind of broad, and I'm going to leave it broad for you guys to nail that down. The second thing is, as a team, as we discuss this as a team, what... Um, we have eighth graders that are graduating and moving up. What do I want for an eighth grader coming into the high school? What, what three gifts could we give the eighth graders that are coming to our high school before the first day of school starts? So again, think of it this way. If I'm in eighth grade and I'm coming into high school, what would I love to be set up for me with Young Life as I take my first step into high school? And the last thing is this. I'm a new leader coming on a new team at a new school. Um, what do I need as a new leader? Okay? Think about that. And it'll be kind of awkward because you got new leaders sitting there and they might say, I want this. That's fine. Think all back to here's, you know, I just got placed last week. What do I wish that the three things that I wish the upper class leaders would have given to me, shown me, led me in as I was placed in, inside of my first couple weeks. Okay? And with that, let me pray, and then Rick's going to come on up here. Father God, thank you for this time together. And uh, thank you, Lord, as we talk about vision, and we talk about leadership, and we talk about what it means um, to spend time with you, to take that time that we spend with you, and know that you are moving in us and through us, and for us to listen to you, to know where we ought to spend our time and our resources um, and where you're calling us to lead others so that we are not just working in vain. And Lord, we give you this ministry. We give you all um, that we have. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.